no, no, hang on. This is not a good All right, cool. yes, fine. Ready? Welcome to the bite-sized edition of the Editor Roundtable podcast. Here on the Roundtable, we're dedicated to helping you become a better writer, following the story grid method developed by Sean Coyne. In these episodes, we bring you some shorter solo articles and interviews on topics that interest us as writers. Hi, this is Kim Kessler, and today I'm bringing you an interview with the newly certified StoryGrid editor, Danielle Kioski. She recently shared her journey at the StoryGrid Live event, all about finding StoryGrid, making the decision to get more involved, and how she is seeking to contribute to the greater storytelling community. She is whip smart and the sweetest soul you'll ever meet. I can't wait for you to meet her, so join me for a quick bite of writing insight starting right now. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, we're so excited, and everybody on the roundtable, we were so excited to have you come on and share your insights with us. We all loved hearing your talk at the StoryGrid Live event, and I'm just jazzed to get into it so that our listeners can hear all the awesome stuff you had to say. Thank you. To kick it off, why don't you just give me a little intro into you and what life was like before StoryGrid? It's definitely a before and after. You know, it's one of those things that you think back and it seems almost like a different lifetime as a writer and an editor. I have always been passionate about writing, but it's one of those things where I kind of went back and forth, where as a kid, I always wanted to do something with writing, but I didn't always know that that was a viable thing that I could want to do with my life. So I would read like a Michael Crichton book and then I'd be like, well, I want to be a doctor so that I can write these kind of books. But it was it always came back to the writing. So I definitely had that passion for writing from a really early age. But as I went through my education and then started my career, I gravitated more toward another thing that I'm passionate about, which is puzzle solving and problem solving. Heck yes to puzzle solving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's really common with writers and uh, with people who are interested in StoryGrid to want to solve those problems. That's something that we definitely do here and just put it to different use. But yeah, I went into data analytics. And I really enjoy that. That's what I do at my day job. But then I've always also been writing on the side. And it was one of those things where I had been told in school that I was good at writing. My essays were always well received. And I didn't understand from the beginning that you could train your writing skills. That was a huge revelation for me. And it's something that actually came about because I learned to code in the course of becoming better at data analysis. And once I learned that you could kind of chop these things up into bite-sized skills and pick up something that complex, like computer programming and teach yourself that, I thought, well, I'm passionate about writing. How can I get better at that? And that's when I started to look at the different skills that make up writing, not only prose and wordsmithing, but also storytelling. And that's how I came across StoryGrid. I was looking for writing craft books on storytelling. And when I saw the graph on the front cover, being a a data geek, I was like, well, this is my book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, many have felt the same way. So what are some other story books and story methods that you explored either before or around the time that you discovered StoryGrid? And which one of those are you still using? Have, Have you kind of integrated them into your own form? Or how do you manage the different languages? Great question. I looked at Stephen King's on writing, and that's very much a talent-based mindset. It's not about working to get incremental improvements. It's more like you can do this or you can't, and you're trying to uncover that story rather than build the skills. 
I do think that book has a lot of valuable insight into what it means to live a writing life. But as for actually building stories, I don't really go to that. I do look at the Save the Cat books with the beach sheet. Mm -hmm. I think those are interesting. Yes, I love Save the Cat. I feel like I cut some of my story teeth on that and it was really helpful to me. Yeah, agreed. It's a different perspective. I look at it more for inspiration than for roundup structural setting now. So if I'm getting stuck like in a progressive complication, I'll think like, okay, what would this be on the beach sheet? Oh, it would be bad guys closing. And that's such a fun image that it helps to spark ideas for me. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a great way to use that tool. Uh, I've also looked into Hero's Journey, The Writer's Journey by Christopher Vogler, another good one. Mm -hmm. At what point in your education, I guess, did you know that you wanted to be more involved in StoryGrid beyond just reading the book? It was when I was taking the Level Up Your Craft course. So I signed up for the first semester. I had seen StoryGrid editors doing things, like I had listened to the podcast, things like that. But I hadn't thought of myself as uh, being an editor at that point. I had come to StoryGrid to help myself with my own stories. And even though it, it came from an editing perspective, I thought about it as self-editing. So I thought, all right, I'm going to write my stories. I'm going to approach them in the StoryGrid way. It's going to help my craft. And it was all very centered on what it was going to do for my work. But then when I went through that course, I saw how the StoryGrid editors were doing those weekly Q&A calls and really contributing to the body of knowledge that makes up the StoryGrid universe. And I realized that was something I wanted to contribute to. And it's something that I've always loved doing is teaching and helping others to find value and find inspiration in the, the same things that I've been helped by. And so um, seeing that opportunity in StoryGrid was just it really sparked a desire to get more involved and to contribute to what's going on with StoryGrid. I'm so glad. I love the teaching aspect. And that's part of my favorite part about working with clients too, is the teaching aspect, helping people wade through their confusion and turn a story principle upside down and inside out and explain it with five different metaphors until it makes sense. And then they go, oh, I got it. And you're like, yes, that's so rewarding. So why specifically did you choose to take the plunge of to certify as an editor? Because it is definitely an investment. What was your thought process there and what made you make that specific choice? I think just looking at the different opportunities that were available, I tried to find out as much as I could about what things you could do as an editor. And if you look around at the first generation of editors that are out there. We call ourselves the 19, yes. <laughs> the 19. <laughs> Yes. So the 19, everybody's doing different things. And there's just so much opportunity to really define your own journey through what it means to be a story grid editor. Yeah. And I admired a lot of the things that people were doing, things that people were contributing. I love reading the Fundamental Fridays posts. And I thought about it like, if I never get a client, if I never make any of this back, I think it's going to pay for itself just in the experiences that I'll have, the connections that I'll make. And the kind of contribution I'm going to be able to make to this community in terms of story research and writing research articles on Fundamental Fridays, something like that. Those things were valuable enough in themselves to me that it was worth that investment, as well as just the gains that I knew I would get from a deepened appreciation of the story grid methodology that I could apply to my own stories. So, you know, if it's going to be worth it from that perspective, then anything that I can actually do professionally is just 
icing on the cake. I think that's a very healthy perspective when you're kind of starting a business. You don't have to go into certifying as an editor with that in mind. But, you know, we do all operate as independent businesses. So that's been a really interesting adjustment, I know, for myself. You got the story grid learning curve and then you got the business owning learning curve. Very different things. Yeah, absolutely. They are very different skill sets and different things that you have to intentionally work on. Mm -hmm. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about your experience actually you know, transitioning into the StoryGrid community and certifying as a StoryGrid editor. What was your process like and how bad was it, I guess? I think all the listeners want to know, how bad was it? It wasn't that bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of set you up, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think, again, a lot of people who come to the StoryGrid methodology are like me, maybe overly analytical. And a lot of the hardest parts of the process were things that I made unnecessarily hard for myself, <laughs> just by overthinking things. Right. Uh, so the first thing you do is you apply, and the application is out there on the StoryGrid website right now for the next session. Right, which is in September 2020. Yeah, so excited. The one that I went to was in February of 2019. So I filled out the application, and then once I got accepted, then the first thing is to show up at a week-long training in Nashville. So I showed up. I didn't really know what to expect. And right away, you jump into scene analysis. One of the hardest things, I think, is actually putting yourself out there because as with everything in StoryGrid, you get out what you put in. Yeah. And so like with the scene analysis, you're doing it and Sean's guiding you through it. But if you don't raise your hand and put your opinion out there, you don't really find out where the gaps in your understanding are so that you can work on them during that week. And so it's really about being willing to engage with the training. That's the most important thing that I could stress to people. And then other than that, we uh, we had talks from Sean about how to create the different deliverables that a client would expect from a story grid draft diagnostic. And that could be a client that you're working with, or if you're working on your own work, it's what you would create for yourself. Definitely widely applicable. It's more about diving into what the six core questions are, diving into how to create the worksheet. So um, very good tactical knowledge about how to create those things. In the afternoons, Tim would give talks on business. And this was something that I was pretty new to. And so it was really great to see how to build up businesses, how to find the kinds of clients that you want. I think that's an important distinction, not just any client, but like how to figure out what your business's purpose is. And it's interesting too, because that's one of the things that I really like about being a story grid editor is that it's not cookie cutter. It's not like you put a coffee shop on this corner and then you get business because you've picked a good location. It's like, you're really picking what your brand is and what your image is by picking a niche to, to cater to. Yeah. And by doing the kind of marketing that's going to fulfill the, the needs of that niche. Niching, niching, I never know what to say, but getting really specific about the kinds of people <laughs> that I want to work with. It was hard at first because I just love people and I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I just don't want to work with assholes, right? Like that, and Tim would tease me about it. He's like, Kim, that's not a very good way to niche. How are you going to market that? No assholes need to apply. Like, what are you going to do? But eventually landing on the internal genres and figuring out a way to say it that I could translate it to a certainly a story grid audience, but then a non-story grid audience, right? Mm -hmm. That was really helpful. And man, it's made a huge difference in the clients that I've gotten. So I was even surprised, right? Next level connection with my clients because we are totally on the same wavelength, what we care about. We care about the same kinds of stories. So man, yeah, niching, niching. It's totally amazing. It's absolutely changed everything for me. Oh yeah. However you say it, just make sure you do it. <laughs> just do it, right? 
Yeah. And you know, the aha moment for me was it's not just about you picking your audience. Mm -hmm. You have to pick something, you know, it's like, don't be an asshole. Nobody's going to be like, Hey, I'm an asshole. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, so yeah, but it's about like picking an audience that people are excited to be a part of so that they're excited to interact with you as a business too. Yeah. And like declare themselves, right? Yes. I see you and I am that person, right? Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Are they excited to say yes to the thing that you're all about? Yeah, it's all about like finding each other through the message you're putting out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of niching slash niching, have you found your your way into a uh, niche niche? I have. I, I tried a bunch of different ones. You know, it's hard because uh, some of the advice that, that you get is like, oh, well, pick what you love to read. And it's like, well, that's everything. <laughs> right? That's a terrible, terrible <laughs> lens, a filter, right? To try to work this out through. Exactly. But so it actually led to a lot of introspection and figuring out who am I in this community and and what do I have to provide? So went through a few different iterations. But what I've landed on is that my mission within the StoryGrid universe, within the writer's community, is that I want to dedicate myself to empowering ambitious professionals to fulfill their dreams of becoming fantasy authors. Nice. Let's say it one more time because that just sounded really, really good. Thank you. Thank you. I am dedicated to empowering ambitious professionals to fulfill their dreams of becoming fantasy authors. That's so great. I love empowering ambitious professionals. Like those are the best clients in the world. They show up to work and you're like, I'm going to give you everything that I have. So you give me everything that you have. And together we're going to make something awesome. Like that's, I love that you have that in there. I think that's so great. Thanks. Thanks. And what's really important to me about it is that a lot of times when writers or aspiring creatives will talk about their day job, it's like, well, I have to do this. People talk about it in sort of this, like it's a burden, but I think that if we reframe it and you not only accept your day job or your career, but you embrace it and think about how that makes you a more well-rounded person, how that gives you a unique skill set that you can bring to your writing and your creativity, that then you're going to be able to integrate your identity and really show up to your work on both sides, to your day job and to your creative pursuits in a way that you couldn't otherwise if you were trying to lead a double life instead of an integrated one. So that's something that I really want to promote for people. Wow, that is really powerful because that is a real issue, right? Because you're you're lamenting all the time that you have to spend at this day job because it's not what you really want. And so you're miserable there. And being miserable just drains your energy and creativity anyway, right? So then when you do get to show up to the page, you're not showing up as your best. I love that, Danielle. That's beautiful. As you said, there can be some real gifts in getting to be around a variety of weird people that maybe you wouldn't, you know, if you had it your way, you wouldn't interact with them because you would be off with all of your fantasy writer friends. That's really awesome. I love that you're framing it that way. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit more about the certification process. There's one of my favorite things that you said in your talk in Nashville was about actually certifying, right? And how you had to pick your books to certify on. (laughs) So will you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah. This is one of those things I was alluding to earlier where it's really not a difficult process unless you're me or someone like me. You have to pick three books this is a, a masterwork analysis. So you pick three masterworks and they're supposed to be in genres that you don't ordinarily read. Which is also hard when you read everything. Yes. So then you you pick your three masterworks and you do a six core questions analysis, send it into Sean, and that's your certification test. Mm-hmm. And I was picking these three books like they were the last three books I would ever get to read in my life. <laughs> 
oh man, it's so funny. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn in these, these analyses to Sean. And this is going to be like how I'm represented like, as my story. <laughs> Forever. And it's like, <laughs> it's cool. You can read more books. You can. And that's what I do now too, right? Like after I did those three masterwork analyses, I realized how valuable it was. I'd gone deep into a, a different masterwork before and did the whole spreadsheet. But just doing the six core questions, I mean, as you all do on the Roundtable podcast all the time, it's just so valuable that now every time I finish a novel, if I think that it could contribute to my understanding of story, um, which, you know, they all can, I go through and I do those six core questions. And it's just a great habit to get into and a good muscle to build. Even if you don't do this uh, certification process, start doing that with all those different stories you're consuming. That's what I love. You get out of it what you put into it. And that is what we have found on the roundtable for sure. Practicing those muscles, that story muscle that says, these are these specific tools I'm going to put on this story and see what comes out. And you really can get clear about things so much more quickly. And we're always trying to encourage people to just do the work, right? Roll up your sleeves, pick up a masterwork, pick up your favorite one, the one you've read a gazillion times. But then when you start looking at it, with the tools, like it definitely, it comes alive in a whole new way. Yeah. I revisited one of my favorite books after doing the certification. And just from what was in my memory, I thought this is for sure a performance story. And then I went through it and it was a society story. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't read it since before StoryGrid and reading it after StoryGrid, I just had no idea that it would fall into that genre, but it clearly did. That's great. Do you feel like the way you take in stories now is I don't know, are you disillusioned because you see all the errors now? Or do you still find reading stories just as enjoyable? Or do you kind of have to turn your brain off to say, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm not going to analyze it. Or kind of what's that experience like for you? Mm, it's it's actually the opposite. I really enjoy seeing the craftsmanship that goes into something and being able to really see, oh, this is where they're paying off that setup from earlier and being conscious of it, it just gives me more of an appreciation for all of the work that went into it and all the layering and how these different images call themselves back and forth across the work. And so I would say it it really does just give me an appreciation. It's like if you if you try an art form, mm -hmm. then looking at other people's art, you can see how much effort it took instead of just seeing it as, as the finished product. It's just like paint on a canvas, but like, oh, it's really hard to do that. <laughs> right. That's actually really, really hard. So now that you are on the other side and you're integrated into the StoryGrid community, what sort of things are you doing these days? Are you working with clients? What are your plans? And how do you want to continue to contribute to the community? Well, as we talked earlier, I have my audience figured out. And so one of the things that I'm working on primarily is just building up that audience. I want to create a community of people who are like-minded people who have the same kind of dreams the same kind of goals. I'm doing that through creating a lot of content, writing articles. I'm working on starting to create courses around different aspects of the writing life. Oh, fantastic. And so those kind of things, as well as contributing to StoryGrid wherever I can. So I did, uh, I was a teaching assistant for the summer courses this year. Yes. And you rocked it. You totally rocked it. Thank you, Kim. So did you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's fantastic to get to work alongside you and, and the rest of the 19. It's and, and the other new editors as well. It's just um, everyone is so amazing. Yeah, we're so freaking lucky. We just have the best people. You know, they're all in. Their enthusiasm's all in. They want what we want. 
we have the same goals. We're ambitious and willing to work hard and all that stuff. And it makes everybody better. I'm better because of what you're bringing to the table and what Anne's bringing to the table. You know, all those things. It makes us better. So I should shut up, but just I get all teary about it. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah, we all learn so much from from each other, and it's just the feeling of being in that community is, you know, worth the price of admission and more. And that's one thing that I would not trade. Going through that certification process and being part of the community of editors is just so valuable. Has anything surprised you now that you're coming at, at this from the other side? Um, I, I don't know if anything was a surprise necessarily. There were some things that I wasn't sure how they were going to work out um, that I guess I've I've found out how they worked out. Um, but <laughs> nothing that I had like a concrete idea, it's going to be this way, and then it turned out to be the opposite. Um, but one thing is that community, I think going into an established community, it's sometimes a little daunting because it's like being the new kid at school. Right. And the 19 had been working with each other for a year and a half, and then we're coming in. But everyone was just so welcoming and enthusiastic. And just what you just said, Kim, about having new voices and getting to learn from new people. And just that sense of welcome was really, it surpassed anything that I could have anticipated. I think we feel the same way too, because I know, you know, I think it was like, oh, we have this community and we're all really close and uh, new people and how's it going to feel? And then I think, you know what it was, is we got to meet people in person at the Story Grid certification. And it was like, oh, you're just like me, right? And one thing that Tim talked about at that certification, um, the February 2019, was about having an abundance mindset. And I love the abundance mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset and that there is room for all of us to show up with our unique gifts. There's room for every artist to show up with their unique gifts, every writer to put their book into the world, every editor to learn about StoryGrid and take on a client or write a, you know, a masterwork guide. Like there's room for your voice and your specific contribution. And I think that and having that mindset shift to realize we're safe. We don't lose anything by bringing more people into the fold. We only gain. That's been amazing to be a part of and it just keeps getting better. I know when we were at our original certification class in September of 2017, yeah, 2017, that we would all like just look around at each other and we're like, what? Is going on? Are we here? Is this real? And then that feeling never really goes away. Like it just keeps happening. And I have no doubt with the things that Sean and Tim are bringing this fall with the publishing house and all kinds of things that are coming, the feeling is just going to keep happening. And I'm just so crazy excited for it. Yeah. A lot of groundbreaking stuff happening right now. And I think that this is a great time if you want to get involved in the StoryGrid community, if you're not already, to really make a big impact because there are so many big things happening right now. Absolutely. But I love what you said about the abundance mindset. I think that's the key. And that's true for StoryGrid as well as just for being a creative in general, that understanding that it's not your ideas, it's what you do with them is is the biggest key to success, I think. It's all about the execution. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And following through, right? For one, which I am totally speaking to myself, actually finish something, Kim, and put it out into the world, right? And you don't get to judge it. Once you've created it and you've put it out there, it's not yours anymore. It's for all the people that you wrote it for or that you filmed it for or whatever you did and trusting them with it. It's very vulnerable, but I'm ready to practice some vulnerability in new ways. Ship some work, for goodness sakes. So what do you want other people to know about StoryGrid and about getting involved in the community? 
I would say that the the number one thing is just what we talked about before, that you really do get out what you put in. Wherever you can have your voice heard in StoryGrid, go and do it. This is a really supportive community where people are going to help you with your understanding. So if you can take one of the classes and really get involved in asking questions and those Q&As, posting in the forums, things like that, um, that's one way to do it. Even if it's just in between those class sessions and you're posting comments on the Fundamental Fridays, people read those, people get in conversations there. Yes. Show up where you can show up and contribute how you can. You can give your book away, give a story grid book to someone. You can listen to the podcast, tell people about them. You can always like us and leave us a rating and review. We always like that. But yeah, commenting on articles. You can start a conversation on Twitter, on Facebook. You can leave a voice message and ask us a question for the roundtable. Like there are a lot of ways. Um, you can write about StoryGrid on your own blog. You can argue with us. You can do all kinds of things. Pick up a masterwork, study it, start a, a writing group, start analyzing scenes together. Like there's so many ways that you can contribute to not only just StoryGrid community, because the StoryGrid community doesn't exist as an end unto itself. It's here so that we can all tell better stories that the world needs. When we contribute to the StoryGrid community, we're really contributing to telling better stories and humanity needs better stories. I get all excited about it when we start talking. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all great ways. And like you said there at the end, if you have your own group, you can bring StoryGrid to them. And just start, you know, spreading the methodology that we have to try and get other people to have better storytelling experiences. But also, if it doesn't take, you also have a whole community of story grid nerds who are, they're willing to start groups with you and are excited to talk to you about this stuff too. So. We want you here. Absolutely. Exactly. It's not for everybody. And that's part of what makes it so special when you find the people that it is for. Yes. Just like a good book. It's not going to be for everybody. If everybody kind of sort of likes it, that's a failure. Some people should love it and some people should hate it. And that's great. It's totally great. And I think that's really empowering. It's okay to have people hate it. That means you did it right. I'm just talking to myself. My book's on pre-order. I'm kind of freaking out. It's fine. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited to read it. Well, Danielle, it has been so fun having you on here. And I'm pretty sure this won't be the last time that I'm going to invite you on to chat with me about things. Yeah, thank you, Kim. This has been a blast. I have really enjoyed our chat. I'm super excited for all the things that you're doing. And I want to hear more about these courses that you're doing. So will you please let listeners know where they can go to learn more about you and if they want to connect with you directly? Uh, if you are interested in my resources for writers, you can find that one of two places. So one is writersbynight.com, and that's the community for ambitious professionals fulfilling their dreams of becoming fantasy authors. And you can also check out daniellekioski.com. So that's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-K-I-O-W-S-K-I.com. And there I have both my own writing and that's going to be at the homepage, or you can follow the links to the four writers section. And you can sign up to be a writer by night there too, as well, as well as get information about my editing services. Ah, this has been so much fun. So thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners. We are going to be back live with new episodes for season six on December 11th. Stay tuned with more fun bite-sized episodes in the meantime. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.